This is Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our August 29th, 2017 episode, Paranormal Filmmaking with Kyle Mecca. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a great episode coming up here. Uh, paranormal filmmaker, writer, and director Kyle Mecca is with us tonight. Uh, just had a DVD release of his movie Dwelling. I got a chance to watch it last night, which uh, it was fantastic. So we're going to get into all that here very shortly. Um, I'm, of course, Mike Ricksecker. I'm here with Vanessa Hogle, as usual, and of course, our chat shenanigator, Shauna, down in the chat room. How are you doing tonight, Vanessa? Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and yes, we are going with a little bit of format. If you get here, uh, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> but we have them up and down rather than side to side. <laughs> so I'm not always trying to, you know, duck and weave and dodge. <laughs> uh, so, um,. Yeah, really looking forward to tonight. Um, we've had, well, we weren't Edge of the Rabbit Hole back then, but um, have interviewed Kyle Mecca uh, a couple years ago on Hotter Road Media Channel. Um, we just recorded it and, and threw it up here, so um, it's great to have him back now that the movie has actually been released. And um, before we get into that, we of course have a couple of uh, housekeeping things to take care of. And um, just real quick here. Uh, of course, if you're a first-time or first-time viewer, subscribe to the channel, please. Um, Patreon Q and A um, coming out tomorrow. Um, I do have a couple of questions in, but if you do have a question for the Q and A, uh, please go ahead and submit that tonight. You can just message me. Um, you can hit Honor Road Media up real quickly or what have you, and um, you know we'll, we'll get that in tonight. We'll, what am I? I'm going to record it tomorrow, <laughs> or like right after work, and then get it up tomorrow night. So. Um, yeah, if you have any Q&A questions, please, by all means, submit them. Um, I think that's really about it. You got anything, Vanessa? No, you're working on my book. Other than that, I'm Working good. on Vanessa's book, yeah. So um, the editing is complete. One thing. Yeah. One. I'm all right. You're <laughs> I thought you said you had one thing. That was it. That was it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um... Yeah, and uh, what do we got? Oh, this coming weekend, stay tuned. We are going to, at some point, I don't know the specific day yet. depends on Sean's work schedule. We are going to go live from an investigation. So be on the lookout for that because we're going to do it here on YouTube. I know we did the last couple on uh, Facebook Live. We're going to do this one on YouTube Live. See how that goes. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, do want to thank everybody for... Um, for watching the Beller House video that was just released, um, that's been going like crazy. Um, so really appreciate that. Oh, there is the goal of 4,000 subscribers by Halloween. So we're up over 3,200 now. You guys have been like doing a great, great job of you know sharing out the videos and everything that we're doing. So um, I know Shana wants to get to 5,000, <laughs> but um, let's at least try to get to 4,000. I think we can do that by Halloween, so, um... Oh, Mike, I do have one yeah, yeah. when you're done. I'm done. Okay. So we got uh, for, <laughs> for those in the chat um, who are following us on 34 Paranormal, um, again, reiterating, I have all of the SD cards. I've got all of the footage. I'm still going through that. Things are crazy. 
but it's going to be a pretty damn good documentary. So awesome. just be patient. I'm working on it. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. A little scared. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Kyle Mecca. Uh, he is the writer and director of the movie Dwelling, and I do have my copy right here. Just came in yesterday. Um, watched it. It's fantastic, and uh, you, you guys got to go get this movie. Um, he's working on a bunch of other projects right now. Um, assistant director does all kinds of you know production, uh, film making. I just, Kyle, come on in. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Hey there, guys. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm a freelance filmmaker. Um, I wrote and directed Dwelling back in 2014. Um, we went through almost two years of post-production and all that, and we finally had the uh, finally had the chance to finally release it out to the public and all that, and it's been fantastic reception so far. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah. You um, have actually a pretty extensive background in film. I looked you up. <laughs> you, you've got a you've got a, a fairly a fairly heavy body of work. I mean, in all different areas of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a quite a journey the last couple of years. It's like I really didn't. I graduated from Buffs, Buffalo State, um, which is a local SUNY college, in 2013 with a uh, bachelor's in television and film arts. And from there, it's kind of when I met a lot of local filmmakers, people at Andy Studios, and people. Um, my, my friends uh, Brandon T. Williams, when they were producing this, Joe Blodgett, and um, Matthew Nardone, and Matt Fleck, and just all locals in Buffalo, New York, and we started making short films, and then all of a sudden we kind of made the transition to, we made Dwelling, and then we fell on these other kind of features, and then the indie world kind of boomed on Buffalo, and ever since then, we've just had, we've had major features come through, we've had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, we had Marshall last year, and now we're about to have um, another huge production come through um, called The True Adventures of Wolf Boy. So it's, it's been a fantastic ride, and it just keeps rolling and rolling. And it's, I'm happy that I'm able to stay um, at my hometown and get the work and get the experience that I need instead of you know going out to New York or going out to L.A. or Atlanta. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Be able to stay local, your hometown, and got all kinds of projects going on. Um, you gotta love that. Um, so uh, people are asking in the chat room, and they're looking for a link to the trailer. I guess I, I put a link to the DVD in the description, but I guess I probably should have put a link to the trailer. Um, they can just find that on the Facebook um, the Facebook page. The trailer. Yeah, if they go on there, you can just click and watch okay. the trailer. It'll take it from there. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Dwelling? I mean, I, I know why, you know, I, I really liked it. Um, but go ahead, you know, give them a little background as to the premise of it, because um, I, I just, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, so Dwelling is a uh, pretty simple story um, about a young couple who deliberately move into a haunted house to speak to a loved one that's passed away. Um, and we follow the journey of Ellie, who is our uh, lead actress, um, and we follow our hero into her search to finding the answers of what happened to what happened to her mother um, at an early age. And she has a sister named River, played by Devony Penn. And um, Aaron Maria Hogan, who plays Ellie, is now you know now has her husband um, Gavin, played by Mushaka Benson, and now has custody of her niece um, Izzy, played by Abigail Mary. And they move into this haunted house and hope to wake something up. 
um, that could help her make contact with her loved one. Now, we have people, um, quite a few people in the chat um, asking if this, because you wrote this. Yeah. This is based on true events. Um, it's a it's a mixture of different things. I, I The best thing is, you know, you, they always say, best type of writing is taking from what you know and all that and I've I mixed in a lot of different experiences either from my own to you know stories from my family stories from my mom um, my grandma my it's just kind of hodgepodge of different things and um, the the premise the idea of the conduit inside the film is this mirror that's painted black and um I've always had that idea stuck in my head since I was a kid. Uh, my grandfather and I used to, he used to take me everywhere, and he, I used to spend all my time with him, and whenever we would be traveling from place to place, I would always say to him, tell me a story, tell me a story. And um, he would come up with random stories on the spot, and one of them involved this weird mirror that was painted black, and he never finished the story, and it always stuck in my head, even though I was five maybe you know and uh i always said that i wanted to finish it and i remember writing a short story i think in middle school maybe high school um that involved the black mirror but i never really got to it so when we had the opportunity to come up and make a feature um it was the first idea that jumped in my head and then it was just taking little specs from my life and stories that i've experienced and my family's experience and people around me experience and kind of make it, try to make a more grounded film in uh, the paranormal world. Yeah, um, it's it's a bit of a, of a slow burn, kind of, you know, harkens back to that old school classic uh, type of a feel. And, I mean, you know, what I really loved about it, what I thought it was very different, and what really kind of turned me on to you guys, you know, a few years ago, and I can't remember how I stumbled across you. It was just, I was going through something one day, I was like, I, I saw your, um, you know, some little feature you'd put together about, you know, the, the writing and the background of, of the film and, and the premise of it. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really a, a different take. Because usually these type of films, um, you know, they move into a house and they later on discover it's haunted. But they purposely move into this house because it's haunted and she wants to be yeah. able to utilize that power. So I, I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, where that stemmed from. It just pop in your head, you know, your muse speaking to you or, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> um, I, I think it's just because I wanted to do something fresh um, on an old haunted house tale. You know what I mean? Everybody's seen that same thing. And for me, it's like you watch so many movies and they keep moving in, and oh, it's haunted, and then they stay there. Right. You know? And it's like, great. You know, it's like any else, anybody else in their right mind, they go to someplace. If it's haunted, you know, most people will sit there and say, we're getting out, you know? Right. Um, and for me, it was like, I want to do a nice, like, what? what's the reason for them to stay? Well, what happens if, you know, they have a deep-rooted reason on why they stay in that house? And I think it adds more to character development and motivation and stuff like that is, no, they're there for a reason, and there's no, you eliminate off the bat them wanting to get out of there because right. they're going to stay there, you know? Um so, so that kind of conflict right away is eliminated. And not only that, but it's if, if you watch the film and you listen closely and all that and pay attention to the actual days, in the beginning, um, I guess, not really spoilers, so spoilers, um, the one realtor mentions that the family before it has only been in it for four days. Right. You know, yeah. the last, 
And if you go, if you pay attention to the days that it works, they're only in it for four days. So I didn't want to make this film that they're there for months and months and months. Like, as soon as the stuff, you know, the going gets rough, they get out <laughs> when they right. can, you know. it's. I wanted to keep it much grounded like that. And I feel like giving them a reason to go there and stay there and being sensible in the reasonings of why, you know, they choose to stay there or why they choose to leave is more realistic compared to a lot of the more um, fantastical stories that we have gotten in the paranormal world. Right. Yeah, because I just um, I just watched the latest um, Annabelle movie. I did a review on that a, a few weeks ago. And, you know, I thought it was a good movie. You know, they did a good job with it, better than the first Annabelle movie. But even though they had done a really good job with it, you know, I've, I've seen that story before. This was just using right. the Annabelle doll and, and all of that. Um, but with yours... You know, it's it's not the same story, which is which is great. Um, so, you know, what about your your influences? I know we talked about that a couple of years ago, but um, you know, I, you know, just kind of freshen up the uh, the newer viewers. Um, you know, oh yeah, I mean, like like I you can you can definitely see that I've I've been influenced on different things over the world and I or over the film and they pull from different films and stuff like that and. In that sense, I guess it wouldn't be original, but we wanted to take it in a fresh new way as the main direction and plot, the way we take it. So, I mean, I wanted to do a slow burn film. I wanted to do a callback to the 70s type horror, the tension and suspense, you know, instead of the jump scares, instead of the loud noises and the, you know, just a lot of the stuff that we get today that seems just like so cookie cutter. Um, I wanted to go back to that, that slow-moving tension and that kind of just you feel for the characters and, you know, not much might happen and it's a simple story, but as long as you're with the characters, you'll be able to move with them and feel um, the fright that they're going through. And I think for this type of a film and having them a reason why they're there, I think it works best to go that type of tone. Um, you know, I love the old horror like The Omen and Rosemary's Baby and yeah. um, and like I said they're all built that similar way um, but I gotta say one of the one of the newest films that I think had a huge influence on it was um, G. Uh, Bayona's um, The Orphanage and okay yeah yeah and it's it's Spanish film and all that and now he's you know he's going places now finally and I think he deserves it for what he's done um and Guillermo del Toro produced it and all that, and it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact type of feel and pull from back then. It's about telling a human story as compared to just telling a story to scare people. And for me as the writer and director, I wanted to keep that human story um, as the main piece of the film and then sprinkle in scares when they make sense. Um, and that was the thing. We, we wanted to make a film that if it does scare you, if it does get under your skin, here's a, we do it in the correct way. Um, you know, we want you to, you know, maybe not have your feet on the edge of the bed at night. We want you maybe, like, turn that mirror in your room the yeah. other way. You know, we want you to, you know, maybe think twice before taking pictures in the dark. You know, different stuff like that, where it's just, when you go to sleep at night, you're thinking about this stuff, um, and it comes to you. Um, and I'd rather have that than you have, you know, two seconds of being scared, and then it goes away. 
Right. I wanted to. Yeah, I, I like. Mike, um, go ahead. What was one of your inspirations based on the way that you're describing your filmmaking? Was one of your inspirations Stanley Kubrick? Um, Kubrick is a big one. I'm actually a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan. Oh, awesome. There you <laughs> go. Awesome. Yeah. True yeah. master of suspense right there. Master <laughs> suspense, Hitchcock, um, and also um, Rod Serling and his writing. Um, Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I, could, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Twilight Zone is one of my biggest, you know, it's my favorite TV show of all time. So it's, he always has huge influence in my writing and Hitchcock as well. And, like, Kubrick is fantastic with his long shots and stuff like that. But we really don't get into that much long shots and um, wonders and stuff like that. Um, but the tension that, like, he brings, similar to, like, in uh, The Shining. Absolutely. It is stuff that, of course, any type of horror filmmaker should should learn from and should be influenced on. And, and, but unfortunately, they don't always do that. Yeah. No. No. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're inspired by that. My other question is, it's going to be quick, is did you have an occult advisor? Um, um, no, no. I, I just, I did a lot of research myself into the different things, and um, growing up, me and a bunch of my friends, you know, we used to go ghost hunting and go to different places and do different stuff, and um, we had, you know, and a lot of my friends have read a ton of books on it, and we've experienced stuff ourselves, and luckily, both of our actresses, including Erin, Erin is with, you know, she's been a part of this world, too. She's done different experiences and stuff like that, and I think it's part of what drew her to being in the film. So we wanted to kind of surround um, the filmmaking group around it as people who have experienced this stuff and had a part in it. so this way, when we made the film, we actually kind of knew what we were talking about to a degree, instead of just like, oh, well, we're writing a story to story, and whatever happens, happens. So the black painted mirror really calls to me. Yeah. That's very symbolic. It's a scrying mirror, and I have one in my bedroom. Oh, look at that. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I was just curious about that, about the occult uh, symbolism behind that. So yeah, it's, that was my question. <laughs> so yeah we, we, yeah, we did a lot of different stuff. And like with the black mirror, um, I think the original, the original idea that I think after doing research for where my I think my grandpa got it from was um, there was an old night gallery episode, and it had to do with a guy in some kind of a pawn shop or something like that, and he had a mirror that was painted black, and he scraped it off, and it was like another dimension. There was like dinosaurs on the other side, but it was like he. I think that's originally where he got it from, and then. There was a book, um, it was from, uh, what is it, what is it again, the, um, Hitchcock Detectives, what is Yeah, it? the Three Detectives, I used to read those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I have, I have a ton of those, I love the Three Detectives, That's yep. And oh, wow. It's The Secret of the Haunted Mirror, and it was funny because this showed up in my doorstep two days before we started shooting the film. Oh, sweet. Let me, hey, put that back up and let me get back into the bigger view with you. Yeah. Nice. That is That's awesome. awesome. Uh, and, yeah, so my, my my friend, Mike Fitzpatrick, he um, went to a bookstore and he found it. And he, like, brought it to me and I was reading it. And I'm like, it's a movie. We're ready to shoot, you know? like, And it was like, wow, there's there's some similarities to my grandfather's story and all that. And it's sitting on my, on my uh, coffee table. <laughs> And my grandpa comes over, same day, and she's like, "Oh, you found it." I'm like, nice. What are you talking about? He's like, 
the, the story that I started with you so many years ago, it was like, they would, I took part of the influence from that. I'm like, wait, what? That's awesome. Like, what are you knowing? <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a ton of stuff like that that um, went off. So it was like, from there, and just like, yeah, getting into uh, mirror gazing and, and psychomantiums and different other stuff from the occult, you know, we just kind of call back anything that I feel like would have worked for the plot and um, try to be as realistic as possible to occultists. Yeah, so, yeah, speaking of, um, you know, your influences and, and your background, um, you did have a story, a submission, in yes, Encounters with the Paranormal. <laughs> so, I do want to talk a little bit about that in your, in your story here. Um, people probably don't know that, but, um, but yeah, there, I got stuff falling out of here. <laughs> but there's a story, Marie. So, um, you know, how did, how did your experiences, you know, uh, as a younger guy, you know, influence you? Um, into your filmmaking. Um, so, like in in the in the book, which I have right here for you. Too. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I talk about the story about that I called Marie, and um, I rather have you guys buy the book and read it yourselves. There you go. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it, it touches on stuff when I was really really young, when I was almost a baby, or when I was like three or four, and. Um, Kids are always interactive, it seems like, and can interact with, um, you know, people who's passed on and stuff like that, and th that was me growing up, um, and I used to hear stories from my mom and from my, my aunts and my uncles and stuff like that, being looking past them and laughing at stuff and talking to people and talking on the phone with different people and having dreams of people and then finding out that either that person was an old relative or that, you know, or it's, I'm talking to someone who's recently passed or, um, seeing different things. And I think, which kind of creeped me out learning about it when I was older, because it's like, Oh, great. <laughs> I had no clue that that, that happened. Um, but I feel like my family in general, especially my mom has always had a little bit into that, uh, psychic type world. And, um, in touch with the paranormal all of her life. She's had a lot of experiences um, and really influenced me on my storytelling as well. Great. So it's... Hey, we do uh, have a uh, question from the chat room. One of our Mad Hatters has a question for you um, from Rebecca Gardner. Um, have you ever thought about making a film about an old asylum? Um, it has, uh, and I have thought about it, and especially because in Buffalo we have this... Um, old psych center called the Buffalo Psychiatric, um, and it's now called a Hotel Henry. It's now it's been hmm. re re uh, turned into a hotel, and uh, they just opened it this year. But it's right on the same campus as Buffalo State. And if you look up this building, it's it's monstrous and it's really really haunting. And just looking at it, and there's so many old stories, and it was still open up until I think. 70s or like early 80s and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and it's one of like the biggest state asylums in the country. And living right near that, going to school right next to that, like it's always one of the big things growing up was, we got to get in there, you know, <laughs> we got to see this place, you know. And um, my my uh, cousin was lucky enough to be one of the people who was when they uh, when they went in there and they started touching it up and. Uh, doing stuff with it, he was able to get in there and see all the old equipment and uh, 
you know, take pictures with it, and he actually got me a uh, old blueprint of the grounds that he found in there. Oh, and very stuff cool. like that. So, oh, yeah, it was fantastic. And, like, the, the tunnels from underneath that used to run into the Buffalo State campus, and people used to always have stories of, like, walking by, and you had the patients that would, like, be at, like, the fenced windows that would talk to you and, like, want, to, want, want you to throw up a cigarette or something like that, and then they would, like, they would, when they would escape or they would be released, um, a lot of the houses across the street from the psych center, um, they don't have any front steps or front doors. Like, all the porches have no steps because a lot of the inmates or the, the patients used to walk and try to get into the house to try to use the bathroom or try to hide and stuff like that. So the houses off of Richmond and a lot of the streets surrounding it, they, no longer, they don't have any front steps. And the ones that do have front steps are only built in the last 20 years or so because they need to add on to the addition since they've been closed. Right. So, yeah, a lot of crazy stories happen there. Um, oh. And now they re, you know, now it's now it's a hotel. And yeah, it's which, gorgeous. Which one know? of the questions from the chat room from Lynn's White is, uh, are there any reports of it being haunted since it was uh, converted into a hotel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what do they say about it? It's um, just because there were so many people who stood there that they, um, I believe it was, I forgot what year it was, but it might have been in the 70s, 60s and 70s and stuff like that. And they had um, just overpopulation inside of it in which they had just people in rooms going to bathrooms and buckets and stuff oh. like that. And just, yeah, just so many things as a state asylum and so many stories that we've heard from the inside out including similar stuff like that, um, that it's just, how can it not be haunted? Right. It's, or, it's one of those things, you know, it's not even just the stories, it's like, how can it not be? Yeah, yeah, place like that, so, sure. I, I'm trying to curious to be going to stay at, I want to stay at that hotel one of these nights and just to be like, just to be there and feel exactly how it is there. And, you know, it might be completely different, but something could be lurking. Yeah. So, from a uh, filmmaking viewpoint, you know, I mean, there's a number of different asylum movies out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, old abandoned asylum, people, you know, kids are getting in and what have you, and they have a run of the place while somebody's trying to, you know, kill them or whatever. Um, you know, there's probably a couple of different storylines that get rehashed all the time. So, you know, you did a fresh take with, uh, with Dwelling on a Haunted House story if you had to do an asylum. Um, how do you think you might be able to approach that from a fresh point of view? Hmm. Well, I think what happened with, what actually happened with it is really interesting. The fact that they uh, took a psychiatric hospital and now tried to dust it off and make it an actual place to stay, like a beautiful hotel, I think is a crazy idea that it's actually happened. And I don't know if there is a film out there that's kind of done something similar to that other than, like, The Shining of it burning down rebuilding or something like that, you know. Because, um, I mean, it's almost like they're kind of sweeping history under the rug and they don't really want you to look a little bit farther than, you know, polished marble and brand new floors. And um, So it's, I think if I did something like that, I think it would actually take influence from real life and be like, okay what could actually happen nowadays. Um, right. Yeah. Did they keep the original structure for the most part and just 
pretty it up, or yeah, it's pretty much. It, it, yeah, it's it's the the front um, is exactly the same. I haven't really been inside um, since, uh, or have, haven't been inside yet to see exactly what they've done. But what I've heard from is some things they rebuilt and other things that they just kind of just um, made better and kind of brought it back to life. Uh, so, and I know it's only like a small section of it. I know there's like a big parts of it that they haven't even touched and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're from Buffalo. And uh, yeah, and like I said, I think exactly if I want to take a new take, I think it would be taking it from real life and exploring that idea. Oh, well, it's a brilliant idea. Do it. Get <laughs> <laughs> another one. Right, no. All right, no. <laughs> You're gonna, Just drop that off the list. <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up with like a whole list of different things that you want to write and do and produce. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same, the same way with books. I have my laundry list of stuff, and I'm sure you have yours too. So, um, I mean, you're gonna, are you going to be doing anything? I, I know you, uh, you know, you had the story that you contributed to Encounters. Are you going to be doing any more writing like that, maybe stories or a book or anything like that? Um, right now, I'm. Uh, currently going to start writing my next feature um, that I'll want to uh, try to get financing for and all that different stuff and uh, that's actually going more towards um, thriller, neo-noirish mm. okay. uh, I'm a huge fan of thrillers and stuff like that and it does still have supernatural aspects to it like I'll never, I don't think I'll ever get away from that um, but yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards right now and uh, so that's that's the next thing on my table. Um, but I've always had I always read short stories and different stuff mm -hmm. like that, in which you know, um, taking influence from horror or the paranormal right. and stuff. like Well, you'd end up dwelling more of like a paranormal thriller rather than you know straight up horror film. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And to me, that's what it is. You know, it's it, it shouldn't. It's not necessarily horror at all. It is a paranormal thriller. Right. I think that's my preference, though. It's got more beef to it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you something that's that more mind-bending that makes you think, um, yeah. rather than just all the jump scares. Yeah. You need to write one about a crazy redhead from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do it. Just throw that out there, Kyle, okay? Sorry. Right. Okay, I'll put it on my list. Thank you. <laughs> so, let me ask you, I mean, what what's your take on that as far as, like, um, you know, the modern... The modern horror film, the modern, um, you know, you have a paranormal thriller, because it seems like, you know, a lot of them are going toward, you know, more of the jump scares. You know, the, the last couple of movies that I've ever reviewed, you know, like I said, the Annabelle one was, was pretty good, still had its jump scares. Um, they tried to relaunch the whole Blair Witch thing, and it was like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Um, and, and I know you talked a little bit about that earlier, but, you know, what do you think about, um, you know, the modern, you know, uh, genre like that, you know, do you think they're going to keep going more toward jump scares? Is that working? Or do you think that they're going to start shying away from that? Because um, like, from a lot of people that I talk to, at least like our Mad Hatters uh, that are here in the chat room, that doesn't really do it for them. It's more of like what you just did with Dwelling that they like. I think, I think uh, they're starting to smarten up because I mean the filmmaker behind the new Annabelle um, and like people like Michael Flanagan who just did, you know, uh, the sequel to Ouija, and, but now he's, you know, he's made fantastic films, including, you know, Oculus himself, and... Oh, Oculus was good. Now I think it's when Gerald's Game, and it's, you know, I mean, they're finally noticing that, like, 
we have these creative independent filmmakers and maybe we should give it to them um, for their own vision and that'll do better. So I think uh, the sequel to Ouija and the sequel to Annabelle are evidence that they're getting it. They're slowly getting it. This is what we have to go. We have to go with real creative filmmakers, people who do kind of understand the genre, understand suspense. Because um, I think here and there we've seen leaks of films that are fantastic in building that and maybe don't identify with every single audience and, and now it's just now they have to hit um, Universal themes. So I mean films like It Follows I absolutely love because I hit a Universal theme and it had that thriller suspense and basic idea of terror. Um, films like The Witch, in which was a little bit... I was going to ask you about that. People, you yeah. know, and it, it's old English, and like, yep. but the way that he was able to use the cinematography mixed with the suspense in that is phenomenal. And now oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the same director is now going to be directing a remake of Nosferatu, which okay. really has me okay. interested, because I usually hate remakes, but... The way that he shot that film, I'm really interested to see what he does with that. Nosferatu is um, almost 100 years old at some point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like someone's, no one's going to watch that anymore. Right. They should, but no one's I think it's on Netflix. Not. I think you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah I, think it, I don't know what score they have with it, but no. yeah, I think it's on there. And people should, um, yeah. especially with the genre. And, you know, a uh, new one that just came out, it only comes out at night or something like that. Um, you know, those, those films are kind of secretly... Not secretly, but they're finally getting it. And I think we're going to eventually see more and more of that um, out there. And I hope we do, because I think those are the stories that are really hit home for the real thrill seekers and the real paranormal, um, you know, yeah. occultist people. And, and, and I was going to ask you specifically about The Witch, because it is, at least to me, it, it was more of a period piece. And you had that, you know, kind of like yours, that slow, that slow buildup. Um, but you know, it really, it really was a period piece because they are talking in, in the old English and, and all that. So you know, how difficult, even though you know, really a you know small setting, um, but still the the way they um, filmed that, uh, how difficult is it to to pull something like that off? Oh, I mean, I think it's what they needed to do is they needed to you know really find find an audience and also find how they would tell their simple story with suspension tension and number one is you know the woods has always been one of those settings that everybody automatically you think of is identifying as with tension and suspense because you don't know what's out there especially at night you put it in a setting of a period piece in which you know there's not that many people out there and the people that are out there you know banned you from the village and you're stuck out there all by yourself. You have a time of serious religious questions in which, you know, the, they believe that the devil is a walking human being and that witches are real. And um, back then you really didn't know what modern technology is. So I think there was a lot to play with that. Um, and I think it was a smart idea to make it a smart, small story like that and keep it within a family and keep it within the unknown. Um, so I was really impressed and what they did with that. And I know um, some, some of my even uh, lead actors in this film hated that movie. <laughs> really? Um, but, yeah, I like yeah, that. Hated that movie. I like but, it. Uh, I, I saw it, you yeah, know, I just saw it, it. I was impressed at what they were able to do with yeah. what they did. Yeah, it was the um, whole disintegration of this family. And 
Um, I thought, you know, even with the, the child actors, they did a fantastic job with handling the old English. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, it was hard for me to understand at some point, and it's just because well, yeah. we don't speak like that anymore. Right. You know, um, but, uh, you know, the, the also the lead actress in that, um, she's fantastic in everything mm-hmm. she does. And she was just in uh, Split, um, and... You know, it, I think you really need strong acting for something like that. And everyone in there was money, you know, in that film. Okay. So I really respect that film. Uh, we have uh, another question from the chat room. This one is from our chat shenanigator, Shauna. Um, she's asking, does Kyle investigate the places in regular investigation style before filming? Like spend the night, gather evidence, EVP session to see what's in there? Um, not at the actual... Well, so... Yeah, when I was younger, we used to do it all the time. We used to, you know, uh, spend overnight. We used to do EVPs. There's this old cemetery near here, which is really famous, um, in which I won't say the name of it just because a lot of <laughs> terrible things have happened to what people lived just like, uh, made it decrepit and people go there drunk, try to investigate and stuff like gotcha. that. So I don't want to spread that anymore. But yeah, alcohol up, and investigating don't mix. Don't do it, people. No, and it's it, it was a terrible thing. Thing to see, and especially because it's going to make make things worse for what you, you know, you want these spirits to find a place of rest, right. and now all you're doing is rekindling it's all they should be doing. Um, but we used to go there, and we used to spend hours there, or overnight, or and do EVP sessions, and we had some fantastic EVPs that we got. Yeah. I don't think I was really a full believer of EVPs until that happened one night, um, and it was... Me and a few buddies, and we had we got back to the house, and we started reviewing them. And there was one that came out and said, um, uh, "Don't let me go." And it was a clearly in a in a woman's voice. Okay. You know, and it was really really distinguishable. And we were like, "Wow, this is crazy!" And then there was like a beat of a few seconds, and then clearly in a man's voice, it comes out and says, uh, they can't hear you. And oh, wow. we got chills. Because it was not only that we heard, you know, something from the other side, but we also heard someone that was acknowledging both sides and knowing that there's a disconnect between this world and the next. And I think right there, it was just made me a total true believer because it's just like... Never would have expected this to work going into it because I was so young and new to all this. But to hear that really just made me want to investigate more and to learn more about the paranormal. Right. Um, and we had a chance when we were shooting well and we shot um, all the hospital stuff in an old abandoned hospital out on Miller Fillmore Gates. And it's now yeah. actually, uh, it was imploded, so it's no longer standing. Ah. And they, yeah, and uh, but when we were shooting, there was already abandoned, so we had free roam of the floors and stuff like that, and a lot of the stuff they just kind of left. So we really didn't need to do much production design because much of the stuff was already there. That's good. And before we were finished filming and all that, um, the one caretaker in the place, you know, asked us, "Hey, do you guys want to go down to the morgue and like do an investigation?" And we were like, "Yeah, absolutely." All right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we had. You know, me, the main, you know, some of my other filmmakers, and then my lead actress, um, 
Aaron Marie Hogan, who's done yep. investigations before. We went down there and we did DVPs and we sat there for a while and sat in the dark in the middle of this morgue in this old abandoned hospital and just got to do that in the place that we were shooting. And it was a great experience, you know? And then, Very cool. Yeah, I wanted so, to, yeah. to also ask you because I, um, is a couple years ago, as well as you know, you I had interviewed Erin um, Marie Hogan, and you know she told me about uh, having some experience with investigating and, and what have you. Um, so, how do you think that helped her to portray her character? Ellie? I think it helped her give understanding. Um, you know, and me as a director, I'm, I've been called like, uh, an actor's director, and it's because it's more about conversations and. Um, almost kind of taking the, the theater approach of like, let's create a backstory together, let's go over um, why you're here in this moment, and here's, how do you get from here to here to here in an arc and with her I think she already kind of identified a lot with the character going into it based off the script and I think her experiences with the paranormal herself let her identify with how committed she is as a character to finding her mother, to going places that a normal person wouldn't go. Um, and it really showed. I think it really worked, too, especially in the conversations we had um, and in the direction. She was already kind of already there. And it was nice to have um, an actor that was so committed to the role and because already on the same level before even, you know, opening out our, mouth, our mouths mm -hmm. to each other, you know. I have a question real quick, Mike. Um, yeah, kind of based on you just asked. Okay, so when you've been filming, you've done investigations separate of the filming, correct? Yeah. Okay. As you're going through your footage and everything that you've caught while filming, mm -hmm. have you found paranormal evidence that you didn't know was there? Um, we had... Yeah, I mean, I was EVPs were a big thing, but I, I, we've had photographs um, from the same cemetery that uh, you know they've always been stories about women in white and women in dresses and stuff like that and we found and there's a woman in a white dress or standing right next to us or there's you know a finger of a dog and stuff like that so it's we've seen stuff that you know I, I'm not a huge I have questions about the whole entire orb thing and all that that kind of throws me off a little bit but like when you actually see like figures and hear voices, and, you know, feel a presence, um, I think that's more evidence than you ever need. You just need to experience yourself, and usually it happens when you least expect it. I'm just wondering if the, if the energy behind filming a movie, especially about that, might have aided in bringing it forward to you a little more. Well, I would say yes, because we've had a ton of stories surrounding this film. Um, we had from, oh man, so like, that's where I start. We had, um, days before we started shooting and all that, we had one of the mirrors in my garage. And it was before we painted it. And this bird would come in every single morning and sit on top of this mirror. <laughs> and it was like, okay, and it was, I think it was a blackbird. And it was like, great, good start. And then... <laughs> So we were out there, we walk out there, and it flew out, and instead of flying away, it would turn around and flew right into the mirror. Boom. And it was, it hit, got up, and took off. But it was like, okay, well, there's one omen. And then 
the, the day that we, or the morning that we started, we had a bird, another blackbird, hit the window of our house. Um, when we were shooting, we had another bird hit the window of the house that we were shooting in, our main but, one. Well, you were filming Dwelling, not the birds, right? No, no, no. <laughs> but you're a big Hitchcock fan, so there you go. All this weird stuff that would happen. Um, and then we had stuff like um, we found out, so the, the floor that we were shooting in the hospital, um, in the room that we shot in, I didn't know until I took my mother there, but <laughs> the room right next to the one that we were shooting at was the one where my grandmother, my, mom, my mom's side, passed away when she when she was young. Never knew what room, never knew what floor, and it happened to be right next door. And, you know, I took my mom there to just visit set, and she just started crying. And he's like, what, what, what? And she's like, no, oh, this wow. is this is the room. And she's, and I'm like, well, how do you know? And she's like, because the, the fountain out front was dead center with the window. And, of course, we walk in, we open the window, and boom, it's right there. So we had stuff like that. We had stories of... Um, that happened with our actors, that happened with, way after, since then, we've, I feel like we've almost been cursed um, with different <laughs> stuff that's happened from filming. Um, that's not uncommon. And it's, and exactly, and I think that's the thing, when you're touching on um, the atmosphere of the paranormal, you almost kind of attract it. Yeah, so, you invite it in. And you invite it in. And I know a lot of the, the best films that's happened to to Yeoman, to Poltergeist, to, you know, and it's... Yeah, Poltergeist is a good feel like we did it. So for us, it was like, okay, well, either we did something really good, or we did something wrong. <laughs> and we should back away for a second. Um, but it's out, and you can buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we did something right. It's right there. <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> Uh, what about the house itself? Was there anything going on there? You talked, you know, about the hospital, but what about the actual uh, house that you filmed in? Um, one of our producers, uh, Arlen, she lives there right now, oh, okay. and um, she, we've always felt that that thing was haunted. Um, she would be able to tell you more than I, I would if she, since she lives there. Um, but the feel of the house in general, which is, it was an old farmhouse. It was when we got to it, I think. The owners of it, which was her aunt and uncle, had a, didn't touch it for almost like two years. They would come in because they'd have a ranch in the back with horses and a huge barn. Okay. So they'd come there for to take care of the horses and stuff like that. But they really didn't live there. So when we walked in, there was already cobwebs and spiders and like dust and you know it already seemed like it hadn't been lived in. So like all we just needed to do was spruce it up a little bit um, to seem a little bit more theatrical so you can see it on film. Um, but you know, it from I know Aaron was convinced that it was haunted in yeah. that house, um, and you know I don't blame her. I, I I got I ended up getting sick from shooting in that house um, while we were shooting it and all that. I I don't know if it was something in the house or whatever it was, but um, I ended up getting sick and I think two other people did. And then as soon as we moved on the next week to a different location, I got like completely better. So it's like <laughs> I don't know what we touched on. But, um, so definitely, I think that house might have something. I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I saw it in the trailer, I messaged a friend of mine in Virginia, Gwen. I messaged her and said, this reminds me way too much of a place we've investigated. It gave me the creeps. 
Oh yeah, it's 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 really and that's sort of how it looked. It was the vibe of it. And when when you see the film too, it's almost like every single room is taken from a different decade, and it's just designed that way. It's like okay, seventies, eighties, the you know, and then upstairs is like one's remodeled and one looks like, and it's just it's just so odd how this it almost looks like this house was put together. So when I wrote the film, it was like okay, well. Maybe these different families moved in and out so quickly that they tried to remodel a room and then they got kicked out, or then they got out. And then they, so I tr took a lot of influence of walking through that house to add to the script after the fact. And uh, yeah, it has a crazy vibe. And the barn itself, which we really don't, we don't feature in the film at all, but it's in the opening credits. Creepy barn. It's huge, gigantic. Huge rafters, birds everywhere, and. Birds. I, yeah, exactly. Again, <laughs> there you go, birds again. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, itself could have been its own horror story. And I tried really, really hard to, like, make a scene that we could fit in there, but I didn't want to sacrifice the rest of the film just to fit in one location. Right. So, but, yeah, but you did get in the opening credits, like you said. I liked your opening credits. I thought that was uh, very artistically done. So, you had a good team well, working for you. Yeah, um, we had uh, was an artist in Buffalo named David Jackson, and we had him do our opening titles for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of just let him go for it. I, uh, we took a couple photos, a couple stills that we took around the place. Um, me and Matt Lorenz went back to the house and took some stuff and shots and um, kind of just handed it over to David. And I was just like, okay, I want to have an opening sequence in which kind of just already put you in the mood. You know, it just has you settle down, you get used to it, kind of get the tone and the vibe from it, and get hints at what's to come. Um, but I really don't have any I gotta, I gotta mention it real quick. Robert White in the uh, chat room uh, has a, a sequel for you, Dwelling to the Barn. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's great. So, but since we're talking about artwork, um, who did the artwork for the, uh, it was really, really creepy, the, uh, the artwork that you depicted that uh, Devaney had uh, drawn? Oh, so um, that was um, our, uh, our art director, um, Joe Blodgett. He, okay. uh, me and him actually created a lot of the, the chalk drawings and stuff like that ourselves. He did, cool. he did most of them, and then I wanted to throw some of my own art in there, too. But, yeah, he came up with that, and... Um, I gave him some direction of how I wanted it to look, mm -hmm. and, um, and then I, I think we have one in the pile that uh, Devaney did when she was actually doing it. Oh, well, okay. that. Yeah, Joe did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, very, very creepy cool. I, I when, that, when that stuff came up the screen, I was like, whoa, that, that's pretty dang good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did great with those. So now this was an independent film. You used uh, crowdfunding, you used Kickstarter, and that's you know kind of how I found you somehow <laughs> along the way. I wasn't purposely on Kickstarter. It was just I came across you somewhere, and it led me to the Kickstarter page and all that stuff. Um, so you know, how did that work out for you as being an independent film, getting the funding together, and you know getting this produced, and now you're finally on DVD? Uh, talk a little bit about that process. Um, it's I mean, it helped us a great deal. I think especially because back then. We didn't really have the resources, the connections that we even have now, you know, mm -hmm. um, a couple years later and working in the industry and all that. We were just, you know, basically broke college filmmakers who just got out of college and just, okay, how, what are we going to do now? Right. You know? And um, 
okay. So we, we ended up doing the crowdfunding, and we got, I think we got around just over 12 grand off the crowdfunding alone, and then we were able to find um, investors and donators off of that um, that we were able to pitch ideas for and have them be a part of the film. And, um, yeah, I mean, for, for a starting, something starting off the ground, it was a huge thing for us. Um, I, I did a few Kickstarters before that, and I don't think I made any more than maybe a grand. Um, and it was mostly family, you know. And here it is, is people from all walks of life um, that identified with an idea and um, agreed to help make this film. So, you know, nowadays it's, it's more popular crowdfunding. It's also a little bit more harder to do because there's so many more projects out there. Um, but it's I, definitely a great resource, um, especially to start off the bat. And you want something you love, keep passion and try to find people that um, are just as passionate. Yeah, and I think that's something that I really respected about your projects. You guys kept pushing, you kept pushing, you kept pushing. And, you know, like I said, I was attracted to, you know, a storyline that was different. It was refreshing. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I <laughs> followed you guys for a long time through that, that whole process. Um, and I just really respected the work that you guys did. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. paid Friday, so I'm going to go buy it. There you go. There you go. So it's at it's at Walmart now, um, and I put a link to Amazon down there in the description, so um, you guys can click on that and go buy it. And I'll um, I'll add the um, the Facebook page link there uh, later too. So um, so this is it. So um, how can people find you? Um, for me, uh, I'm on I'm on Facebook. If you want to find me, um, I also have a website, uh, KyleMecca.net. If you want to look up, look me up. Um, you can go to dwellingmovie.com, give you all the links to all the different places that you can buy Dwelling. Um, we're available for pre-order on uh, Amazon, um, FYE, Barnes & Noble, um, Best Buy, a lot, a lot of different platforms there. Um, or you can, and that will be pre-ordered for release on September 26th. And then Walmart right now in stores. So um, I advise calling the Walmart beforehand, see if there's any copies left or if they have them in stock. I know in Western New York we've been selling out like crazy. So we've had a lot of people who's been waiting and waiting and waiting for more stock. Right. So um, I don't know how it is everywhere, but I've been getting texts from different places saying that this is the last one. So definitely call ahead and make sure you get your copy or uh, pre-order it on the other stuff. Um, and like I said, um, just... Keep watching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll keep putting it out there for you. Yeah. Definitely, we'll keep sharing the links and all that. Um, looks like uh, Brandon Williams is down there in the chat, Bewildered Media Productions. I know they're asking in the chat about uh, Netflix and other distribution uh, channels um, since for the for the archive, uh, they can't see the chat. So um, you want to talk a little bit about that? I, I think he was saying that you know, it's being pitched. Uh, it's to be announced right now. Um, we're, we're trying to get it on. Uh, different on-demand platforms and all that and video on-demand and stuff like that. So it's it will be coming soon, um, at, but we'll we'll let you know more details as soon as we know. Awesome. And people are really singing your praises. And they're checking you out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> watching this as well. They're like, it got 7 out of 10 stars. Yeah, I see which, that from Don. Yeah. Which is huge <laughs> for a, a paranormal thrill or anything like that. They just don't get the higher ranking stars and you did so you should be oh, unbelievably proud of yourself 
Thank you. Like I said, for me, it really isn't so much about all that, and I just want people to see the film, and if one person identifies with it, then I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, but this is still, it's, you know, it's, it's your film, it's, it's your baby, so, you know, definitely be proud of it. Definitely. Oh, I am, I am, I'm just saying, I'm not huge over, like, you know, like, people reviewing it or anything like that, I just take it for what it is, and mm -hmm. if you like it, you like it. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I watched it last night, it finally showed up in the mail for me, um, yesterday, so I popped it right in there, I was like, hey. <laughs> gotta, gotta check it out, you know, because it's it's been a couple of years, and it's I I just remember sharing your stuff out like I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when it's an independent film that basically has no money. Right, <laughs> you know, right. It takes forever to get it done. But um, you had it out there, like the yeah. uh, the film festival there in Buffalo. Um, I, I, did you get it out anywhere else as far as like the festival circuit? Um, no, and not even with that, that was more of just like we were kind of doing like a private pre-screening. We weren't, it wasn't okay. even a finished film at that point. We, uh, we just, we had more tweaks to it. So we want, it was more of just a, a private screening to get, um, feedback on it. And okay. then we, more tweaks and then we're able to go from there. So, uh, and like I said, then we were able to get, um, uh, Sony, Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, um, handled distribution for us which was uh, a great thing. So, um, yeah, we lucked out. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, Super Woody Boy in the chat room, one of our Mad Hatters, is saying that uh, he thinks you should go into television. Have you ever thought about television? you strictly a film guy. That's, I don't know, it depends <laughs> on what it is. <laughs> um, Maybe the right I'm, offer. I'm a film guy, I think. Okay. Uh, Unless it's like a uh, a Netflix type series, like a serial series, like Twilight Zone or Black Mirror or something like that. So okay. the time I would. <laughs> I yeah, I think I can see you doing something like Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of my new favorites. So. Um, and a question from Shauna, um, our chat shenanigator. Will Kyle be doing a lot of the conventions to promote it? Um, as of right now, nothing is really scheduled. Um, I want to basically get through uh, this fall and all that. I'm working on a lot of films. So as soon as I have a free moment and I'm able to jump on something, I absolutely do it. Okay. Uh, just um, been a work and <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question for me because um, September 23rd, I'm going to be in Owego, New York. It's the um, Southern New York Paranormal Film Expo. I forget. It's a whole okay. long title. So I don't know if there's like opportunities like like that to, to get into and get the uh, the film screened or anything like that? Um, right now I think we're, we're trying to avoid a lot, a lot of the screenings right now since okay. it's so fresh out there. We kind of wanted people to, you know, be able to get out there and see it themselves and all that. But I think um, we're, we're going to head in that world um, soon. Uh, well, once we're able to have things kind of get out there in the public eye first. But, um, Definitely message me if you're going to be that close, and uh, let's talk. Maybe I'll be able to come up and visit you or something like hey, that. Hey, that'd be great. Yeah, finally get a chance to meet you. Um, yeah, that'd be exactly. fantastic. <laughs> um, and now as we're starting to wind down, all the questions are rolling in. Um, from Joanne Rubino, did Kyle only do the one movie so far? I know you've, you have a long resume of stuff you've been working on, but um, I, I think... Yeah, this is my this was my first feature. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote and directed on that, so... On to the next now. <laughs> On to the next. Um, and from Super Woody Boy, another one. Uh, have you ever seen Friday the 13th, the series? Uh, 
Uh, I think I did about one or two episodes. Okay. But, yeah. I'm more, I'm more of a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Yeah. So, well, then let yeah, me ask so. you that. Did you ever watch the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series? Yes, I have. <laughs> did you? Okay. Was it the Fat Boys that did their uh, their theme music for that? Are you ready so. for Freddy? I think so. And uh, <laughs> honor to Tobe Hooper, or, uh, that just uh, passed away and all that. He did one of the big episodes on there, you know. Um, it was his origin story, Freddy's origin story on that. Oh, wow. You no? Know? Okay, cool. Very Unfortunately, cool. he's passed away, and one of the greats, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, and Sean was saying that uh, if, I, if I meet up with you, make sure you do a selfie with Ghosty. Have you seen the whole Ghosty thing? What we've been doing that? You were talking about it beforehand, but please enlighten <laughs> Yeah, oh, Ghosty is the mascot of, of Haunted Road Media. So uh, we've been having people, you know, people that get Ghosty, they take selfies with him. We post them up there on, uh, he has his own Facebook page. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it's, it's fun. And then we do like a whole Where's Ghosty thing, kind of like the Where's Waldo thing, so... Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So we'll have to get a picture of you from it up. So, which I hope we can we can do. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I'm just it's been gonna be crazy busy, but uh, oh yeah, it's a week. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a weekend. It's it's a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what I can do. That'd All be right, great. that'd be great. All right, well, Vanessa, we are at our hour mark. We are. We are. I lost y'all completely for a minute. I fro uh, I froze. So I can't hear half of what people just said. <laughs> But I'm sure it was great. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, You're so. welcome. Don't forget I'm buying it Friday, so I will send you a message and be singing your praises. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Well, hey, Kyle, I really uh, appreciate you coming on the show, coming coming back. Uh, this is um, a couple years in the making here, bringing you back. So um, really do appreciate you coming out and sharing everything with Dwelling. Uh, again, everybody... Go check it out. Yes, Shauna, I saw I saw your message. I will bring this to Illinois this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check it out. And, um, yeah, again, just one last time where people can find you. Uh, I'm online. Um, you can search me on Facebook, or you can go uh, online, uh, kylemecca.net, to check out more about me. Go to dwellingmovie.com. Um, there we'll give you links to all different places that you can purchase the film. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's going to do it, everybody. Um, for Vanessa Hogle and our chat shenanigator, Shauna, I'm Mike Ricksecker. Everybody have a great night. And go check out Dwelling and this man here, Kyle yeah. Micah. <laughs> <laughs> a great night, everyone. Bye.